Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. It's the personal development podcast for authors, entrepreneurs, and career professionals who are looking to level up and become unstoppable. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Joining me as always, you know him as the super CEO, the business strategist extraordinaire, and all-around good guy, Ted Fells. Happy Monday again. Yes, Monday is upon us once again. It seems like it just goes from like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like it's got to be something <laughs> like that because Monday just happens so quickly. Yeah, our time clock is a little different. We, we want, we're on a three-day week. It's always right. back to Monday again. Mm. We certainly would like to welcome everyone to the 129th episode of the 30 Minute Hour podcast. Mm. Man, they said that we wouldn't make it. That's right. We we, we, we proved the haters wrong, Ted. You know how to do that in sports all the time. No one believed we could do it. Man, you've been in the Super Bowl 10 straight years. Who didn't <laughs> believe you could do it? <laughs> but you got to have that as motivation, right? Exactly. The whole us yeah. against the world type thing. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, as you can tell, this is not your everyday podcast. Mm-hmm. That's right. We do things a little different here on this show. Uh, we are we are broadcasting live right now from Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, and also on Instagram on IGTV. Shout out to those of you watching us on IGTV, and also we'll be you'll be able to listen to us later on Apple Podcasts, and any of those podcasting platforms that you'd like to listen to. And by the way, don't forget to share the show. Share the show. That's share right. the show. Daniel, share the show, man. Don't, don't keep be it stingy. Don't be stingy. Share the show. That's right. Don't be stingy. Don't keep That's a good right. thing to yourself. Our goal is to help you to laugh, learn, and level up. Hopefully we'll accomplish those things for you today. But again, don't forget to share the show. And I want to talk for a moment about our sponsor of the week. (laughs) Daniel, I I never know who the sponsor of the week is. So this is new to me. So I'm with you. I'm with you on seeing who the sponsor of the week is. Who's the sponsor of the week? Everybody's on the edge of their seats. So, so the sponsor of the week is the Bernie L. Bates Foundation. They're our sponsor of the week. And they do a lot of great things in the community. They have programs to help uh, provide scholarships to uh, would-be college students. And they provide assistance to those who are in need from the community. And they are actually, I'm hosting a webinar on behalf of the Bernie L. Bates Foundation. Mark your calendars for September the 21st. It's a Tuesday, Tuesday, September 21st at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. It's the Discipline of Now webinar series. We're going to be talking about practical steps that you can take to beat procrastination and boost your productivity. Mm. So mark your calendars. I'll be we'll be talking about this again over the next few weeks, briefly on the show. But please come out and Support. I mean, the Bernie L. Bates are doing great things in the community. But don't forget to check us out Tuesday, September 21st, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. It's the Discipline of Now webinar series. 
Nice. All right. And don't forget to check out the What Now Movement. Go ahead and go into the What Now Movement Facebook group. Today is Marketing Monday. So make sure you leave us your link. Uh, this could be the day that somebody clicks on it and it takes your venture to a whole other level. Now, so Ted, you know, we always say that you, you're only one contact away from that next that's level. A, that's it. One that's contact away. That's all it takes. You're only one contact away. That could happen for you today. So make sure you go into the What Now Movement Facebook group and join. Ted. Yes, sir. I got something that's on my mind. Please share, Eric. All right. So today, I want to talk to you about the secret your financial advisor won't tell you. Mm -hmm. That's right. The secret your financial advisor won't tell you. There's this Harvard University psychologist, her name is Amy Cuddy, and she cites this study that was done with a 185 venture capitalists who spent their days listening to sales pitches from entrepreneurs who are looking to obtain capital for their companies. So these angel investors, they would decide which businesses to invest based on what they heard from the business owners who were seeking capital. So the goal of the owner was to sell the capitalists on why they should invest in their venture. So during this study, the investors were asked what clues they looked for when they decided who they would invest with and who they reject. There was one main clue that the investors looked for when they were making that decision. There was one main clue. And again, if I tell you the clue, this is the part of the program we need your undivided attention. I know you may be driving right now. This is that time we need you just to pull over to the side of the road. Many of you listen to us from your treadmill. This is the part where you need to push pause on the treadmill. Ted, anything else that people need to do? Daniel, put the ham sandwich down, man. If you got a ham sandwich, no matter how good it is, got to put it down. Listen up. I'm more of a breakfast burrito kind of guy, but uh, I, I get your drift. Put down the breakfast burrito, Daniel. Put it down. <laughs> but, it, but it may be some ham in that burrito. <laughs> <laughs> to put the ham sandwich down so the question on the floor is what's the number one clue that the angel investors look for when they were making that investment decision or who they will provide capital to here it is if the sellers believe their own story mm. that was the number one clue on how they decided who they would invest with if the seller believed their own story that's the secret your financial advisor won't tell you. If you're ever trying to get, you know, money from an angel investor, that's something to consider. But they pay close attention to eye contact, passion, confidence, and body language. And based on this observation, they could tell if something was just a little bit off. And so mm -hmm. one of the investors, they, they made the statement that if they don't buy what they're selling, I don't buy what they're selling. Mm -hmm. That's something to keep in mind. I thought that would, I would bring that up. Because one of the services our guest today provides is helping entrepreneurs to obtain capital for their company. I thought mm -hmm. this would be a good segue into that. We'll go ahead and bring him on right about now. So he is an author, Forbes contributor, podcast host, 
and owner of Quest Education. His mission is to help people take control over their finances and change their lives for the better. So under Daniel's leadership, Quest Education has reached the seven-figure mark two years in a row with a thousand customers throughout the United States. Wow. He is somebody. Absolutely. His, his story has a unique twist in the sense that he had a daughter when he was 19 years of age and overcame an addiction to oxycodone at age 20. And these two life-changing moments helped shape him into the man that he is today. Well, please welcome to the 30 Minute Hour podcast, Daniel Blue. Man, I don't think I've had an introduction like that, Eric. And Ted, so I appreciate <laughs> that, man. That means a lot, especially all the crowd noise in the background. That's man. right, I, right, I, I right. Deep That's deep right, deep man. That's, That's right. Podcast. I mean, what are the That's shows that crowd like that? I mean, yeah. yeah. Welcome. No, Daniel, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, it's truly an honor to have you here. Um, let, let's get right at it. Let, let's let's roll back the clock. Uh, Matt, you had a daughter at age 19. You overcame this addiction at age 20. How did these experiences shape you into who you became? Yeah, I never would have thought. Interesting, someone posted on Facebook the other day, said something along the lines of, I'm a lot farther than I ever thought I'd be in life, but I'm nowhere near where I'm meant to be. And I think a lot of us can relate to that, right? Like we have adversity. We grew up, you know, we have a sad story, maybe divorced in the home or just some kind of challenge you faced in in your childhood. And uh, you you make it a lot further than you thought. However, you know, you're competing. You know, you can get a lot further along, right? And and that's where I'm at. I had no idea I would be a best-selling author. I'd have a team. I'd have a company with 13 employees and customers in all 50 states and you know, really changing people's lives, whether it's my employees or my customers. Um, so it's surreal. However, you know, I got a lot left in the tank and there's a lot more to my potential. Uh, so just going back, there's a, a quote that I, I learned that I love hearing is adversity is our gift. And that's really true because every one of your challenges, every one of your adversities uh, that you face, especially when you're younger, you have the ability to turn that into something positive or it's going to be something that holds you back. It's going to be something where you are going to remain a victim and you're not going to be able to, like you said, Eric, level up because you're just going to keep using what you what happened before uh, as an excuse. And uh, that, that was for me, man. I, I had no idea that uh, you know, I'd get addicted. Uh, so I was kind of 18, 18 uh, years old was a, a big year for me. I got addicted to, to drugs at that time. I had a kid. Um, I actually got the, my daughter's mother pregnant at 18, and then I dropped out of college. Um, but to say that being 18 years old and going through those things, uh, you know, was, was definitely an understatement. However, mm-hmm. you know, over the years, I, I failed a lot and, and I learned from a lot of those mistakes I made in my early years. And uh, a lot of those were lessons that I was able to ultimately leverage to, to get where I am today. Mm-hmm. Hey, you said something. Adversity is, is your gift. That's serious. Yeah, that's, that's deep. That's, that's heavy. That, that, that is heavy. So, so. Like, at what point during your journey did you realize, hey, you know what, I'm going to use this as a, I'm going to rechannel this to make this something positive? Oh, I mean, was it right away or was it like years later? Let's go back. You know, when you look at your childhood, like that's where everything is shaped, right? That's when you're morphed and that's who you become eventually, you know, and if you have a 
kind of a, a messed up, you know, twenties, probably because of when you were younger, right? So for me, it was it was when I had my daughter. Um, I, I ultimately I was not there when she was born because I was still using drugs. Um, it wasn't until she was six months old uh, that I actually had a, a face-to-face conversation with, with my demons, with myself, and I actually took ownership. Prior to that, I was just constantly deflecting. I was just taking, you know, the easy path, the the, the comfort path, and uh, that was really hard for me to accept that I wasn't there when my daughter was born. You know, we as parents, we we live for that moment to cut the umbilical cord and you know be there when the baby comes out and take the baby home, and, and I miss that. And uh, that's something I have to live with. However, you know, I just knew at that point in time when, when my daughter was six months old and I had that face-to-face honest conversation with myself, I just knew she wasn't going to be six months old forever. There was going to be a time she was going to be five years old, 10 years old, 15 years old. And what kind of example are, are we going to set to our kids? You know, our kids, they act like they don't listen. She's 12, right? And, and she's a smart ass these days. She acts like she don't listen. Um, but I know she's listening. I know she's watching. And, and so are your kids. And, uh, you know, you keep telling your kids to do better in school and take ownership and, you know, anything you believe you can achieve and, and all of those, you know, one-liners, but are you living it? You know, that can speak louder than words. So definitely my child, my daughter Bella, is someone that uh, helped mold me into, you know, a different kind of person along the way. And, and if, you, if you could time travel back to that point in your life and give yourself advice, like, what advice would you give to your younger self, knowing what you're doing now? Embrace the failures and then assess what went wrong and just take ownership, right? It, it's really easy to just take that convenient path of just deflecting and pointing the finger. Like, we all know somebody that something bad always happens to them. It's just always drama. It's negative after negative. It could be a family member. It could be a close friend. There's just always drama. There's always something going wrong, right? They ran out of gas in their car. Um, you know, they got stranded somewhere or, you know, just, just something happened. And those people don't take responsibility. You know, it's always someone else's fault. And, uh, you know, for, for me in business, you know, I'm a college dropout. I didn't come from family. And, uh, you know, being a business owner today, like, I have to take responsibility for everything for business all the bad stuff too and, and it's convenient to not take responsibility in that area but you don't have to be a business owner to have that kind of mentality so i would tell my younger self to you know, embrace failure failure is failure it's bound to happen but i'd rather fail and try to do it versus you know sit on the sidelines and, and never jump in the game mm. well, i think that's a great point i just think that whole accountability and ownership thing is hard for so many people I think if, it just, if you do that, I think that could be a game changer. If you really just, if you look at these situations, you ask yourself, okay, what can I do better? Yeah. What can I learn from this? Yeah, I mean, because the alternative is you don't take responsibility and it's always on someone else, but then that means you aren't in control, right? And that's not a good feeling, a good place to be in where you don't have control. So I'd rather just own up to everything and take responsibility for everything. But at least I can be in a position where I can call the mound play. I can call my own shot. And if I miss it, I miss it. And as long as I wake up in the morning and I open up my two eyes and I put my two feet down on my after getting out of bed, like I still have another day. You know, God gave me another yeah. day. And as long as I still have another day, I have another day to make a difference in my family's life, my friend's life, my employee's life. You know, so do you. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, people, when it comes to failure, you know, they're, they're, they're harder on themselves 
and thinking that others are like looking at them, right? Like they're more concerned about, you know, what others are thinking, you know, and and I've had a situation like that where someone said that to me one time about, you know, being concerned about, you know, failure because of what others may think. And, you know, and you'd be surprised others, a lot of people just have, you know, that, they're, they're kind of inspired by the fact that you even have done what you've done. So you think that you know what they're thinking, but they may see you totally different than you see your, you know, yourself, you know, but at the end of the day, it's definitely, you know, you know, you, you, you know, I hear the term fail forward. I've heard people use that. And I think that's a, that's a, a great phrase in those situations. You know, you just, you just keep moving forward, you know, regardless, don't just stay stuck in that place. Yeah, after you fail enough times, you finally get to a point where you just realize, like for me personally, I, I'm not going to hear anyone out or listen to anyone. Um, I'm obviously open-minded. I don't have it all figured out. I'm still learning every single day. But if you want to see me win and you love me and you care about me, um, I'm all ears, right? Mm-hmm. And also, if you're a lot farther along than me, um, I'm all ears, right? Because you have something I don't have. So I, I need to be a student, right? I need to be a student of the game. But so many times we get critiqued and we get, you know, people to come in and, and just chirp when they're on the sidelines. Like they're just projecting their insecurities on you. They're seeing you do something that they are jealous of or they're unhappy with their relationship. You know, they're unhappy with their boyfriend. Their business isn't doing well. They hate their job. Then they see you doing something cool, something great. They're just going to hate on you. Right. So. I think it's important to, to just realize that you're you're going to get noise. You're going to get people chirping at you. So consider where is where is it coming from? Do they really want to see you win? You know, if, if they do, then they might have some, some good insight for you to listen to. I, I'm constantly getting, you know, advice and critique from different people that I know have, you know, the same thing that I want, which is we want to win. And then there's obviously people I look up to that are a lot further along personally, financially, you know, business-wise, but, uh, you know, I'm just going to shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. So one, one of our followers, and actually she's a previous guest on the Saving Our podcast, Dawn Marie Bornheimer, uh, she says, other people's opinion of you is none of your business. Focus on living from the inside out and show up to be better than yesterday. Shout out. That's a, that's a great one right there. I love it. Sure. Sure. No, I just think that we're spending some time on this. I just think it's critical when you know, we're looking to level up. And I think your, your mindset and how you deal with these types of issues uh, is so important to get to that next place. So, so curious, Daniel, like how did you choose the mission of helping people take control of their finances? How, how did you choose that to be your specific area of focus? Yeah, so for me, uh, we all have a, a teacher in our lives that we always remember, right? For me, it was fourth grade. Her name is Ms. Gathright. She gave us an assignment one day to follow a stock, and that was her way of actually teaching us what a stock was and, and, and how it went up and down, right? And, uh, I mean, this was 25 years ago, 20 years ago, and this is when the newspapers were so prevalent. So we would get the newspaper delivered every day, and we'd pull up the business section, and I chose Nike. And I uh, got to follow Nike for a month. And uh, that's when my eyes were open in fourth grade to the world of the, of the financial game. And then just growing up, you know, we didn't have a, a ton of money. You know, there, there wasn't a, a whole lot of money in the household, especially after I was 12 when my parents got divorced. Um, so I, I always had the, the attitude of, 
man, like I, I don't want to see struggle. Like I, I want to be able to be financially independent. I don't know how that's going to happen, but you know, I, I know money is a vehicle to have a lot of things in life. So that was always my mindset growing up. And then I got into the sales game at 18 years old and started doing very well. I uh, sold real estate coaching at that time. And because I was along uh, around a lot of real estate investors, these real estate investors would bring up, hey, I just used my IRA or 401k to flip a property. I just used my retirement account to buy a rental property. And, and that intrigued me because I always thought retirement accounts, 401ks and IRAs, were just for mutual funds, for stocks. I had no idea you could use a retirement account to invest into something like real estate. Uh, so about seven years ago, I pivoted and uh, I got into what I'm going to call the self-directed retirement account space. And basically what our company does is we help people access their retirement accounts, like a 401k or IRA, penalty and tax-free. And there's some IRS-approved ways to do that because a lot of Americans, they're under the assumption that they can't access their own money until they retire. And if they can, they're going to pay a bunch of money in penalties and taxes. And, and that's not always true. Uh, there's a lot of different strategies to be able to access your own money, penalty, and tax-free. So a lot of our customers... You know, they'll tap into their retirement accounts to start, you know, their, their dream business so they can quit their nine to five job. Or maybe they want to use that money to invest into a, a real estate property. Uh, or maybe they want to pay off high interest rate credit card debt that's, you know, lowering their credit score that's stressing them out. So, you know, just being able to help people take more control of their finances by having a better understanding of some of the options with their retirement accounts. You know, that, that, that's what the, the mission that we're on, that we're trying to, you know, really empower people. Yeah, these are some of the, the, the money-making secrets uh, that the CPA doesn't talk about. We, we're going to get more into this here. But cu also curious, how did how did Quest Education come about? So I mean, you have this thirst or idea to help people with their finances. So how did the actual company come about? Yeah, so let's, let's go back to when I was younger, um, 18, 19, 20 years old. I'm making six figures in sales. Uh, I've never seen that kind of money before. I think some people could probably relate, relate to this. You know, you, you think $100,000 is so much money, right? Like, that's your goal. So you can make $100,000. It's like, mom, I made it, right? And uh, once you start making that kind of money, you realize that it's not a whole lot of money at the end of the day, right? Uh, but as an 18, 19-year-old kid, it was a lot of money. And uh, I started spending more than I was making. I was making bad financial decisions at that point. Um, and I didn't understand how credit worked, how taxes worked, you know, how budgeting worked, investing worked. So, you know, from my 18 to 22, 23 years old, I grew a lot of money. I bought a house in 2008 at the peak of the market, right before the market crashed. So that was a, a good lesson there. So basically made a ton of, this, ton of financial mistakes from like 07, 08 to 2010. And then um, once I learned from you know, touching the stove and burning my hand so many times, um, I changed my, my mentality and, and my, my, my discipline and my habits. Um, in my early 20s, I was able to save a lot of money and invest money and actually have a good credit score and just have a better strategy financially. And uh, I was working as a 9-to-5 employee in my early 20s. Um, and then uh, three years ago, I went all in. Um, I had enough money saved. Um, I, I put a lot of debt on 0% credit cards, and uh, I, I started Quest Education. And, uh, you know, that was three years ago. Uh, three years ago, I, I didn't have too many gray hairs. Um, you can probably see I got quite a few gray hairs now. 
and uh, that's the life of business. So I wouldn't have it any other way, though. Man, ain't nothing wrong with gray hairs, Daniel. I'm going with George Clooney look. He said, I'm not as attractive, but I, I need yeah. more gray hairs. I, I got some for you, man. Just let me know. I'll send some out there to Vegas. Love it. I, I've made a conscious decision to hide all of mine. So, <laughs> so, so you, you kind of touched on this, but talk about some of the, the common money mistakes that, that you see people making. Living below, living beyond your means is like the, the number one thing that happens mm -hmm. to me and that we see so many of our friends and, and family members and other people. Like you're just, what's that saying? You, you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. And uh, ultimately, if you can find a place where you're living below your means and the money that you're saving, you're able to invest and have that money grow. Um, there, there's, there's power in that. As much as you want to keep up with your friends and people you see on social media, you don't know behind the scenes. You know, that person that you see on Instagram that's in Hawaii right now, do you know their credit score? Do you know how much money they owe in, in debt? Do you know their financial situation? Right. So, it, again, it just comes down to staying in your lane and, and having a goal of what you want. Uh, me, personally, I'm 32 years old. Um, I'm playing the long game. I've only been in business for three years. So I, I know if I can invest in my business, my team, my employees, my systems, my processes, um, I'm okay, like Gary Vee likes to say, I'm okay eating shit for a few years because I'm playing the long game, right? I'm 32 years old. You know, when I'm 38, when I'm 40, when I'm 45, um, I know I'm going to have a different kind of lifestyle. However, you, you just have to know what you want, and uh, you just have to be be willing to invest and sacrifice certain things. Ooh, Eric, that whole dinner thing we talked about and going to visit Daniel in Vegas—that's off. That's <laughs> off, man. Because we, we know. Oh man, that's what we're talking about them, like the money-making secrets that your CPA won't tell you. Let, let, let's really build on that. What are some simple steps, kind of following your methodology, Daniel? What are some steps that people can take to gain this control over their finances? Well, I think, number one, a lot of people just need to understand that there's two different menus of retirement accounts. And, uh, you know, Ted was saying that we're going to go out to dinner and, and Eric's going to give us the whole menu when we go to dinner and we're going to get turf and turf and everything like that. So let's just play on that analogy, right? Most no, people, let's not play on that. But that's, that's, that's good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Absolutely. So most perfect. people are just familiar with the front of the menu. So if you have an IRA or 401k with Fidelity, Vanguard, Charles Schwab, any Wall Street-based company, you're just familiar with the front of that menu. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, right? Just Wall Street-based assets. However, there's another menu. You can flip that menu over and there's crypto, there's precious metals, there's real estate, there's investing in your own business. There's just so many more ways to have your money work for you beyond what you're presented by your financial advisor. And that's because of the way the game is set up. Ultimately, you have to follow the money. You know, Wall Street and these big financial advisors, they make money based off of assets under management. The more money that they have control over, the more fees that they're going to generate. So why would they want to teach you a, a strategy that's going to allow you to take out $20,000, just to say, penalty and tax-free, and, and start that e-commerce business, right? Or use that money to buy a property and flip it, right? That, that doesn't make them money. So it just comes down to your goals. And again, where you're trying to go. 
Um, you know, one of our customers, she used to run a nail, a hair salon for a number of years. She was sick and tired of it. She wanted to quit her job. She just needed a business to replace her income. And she needed about twenty, thirty thousand dollars to get that online business up and going. She didn't want to go into that with the bank. She had money set aside in a retirement account. And we were able to help her access that twenty, thirty thousand dollars penalty and tax free. And she pulled it out, used that money to start her online business. And then there was a way for her to repay back her retirement account and not rob from her future. And then her business was making enough money where she's quitting she quit her job. She's not working at the hair salon anymore. And she was able to leverage her retirement account. So if you're a, an entrepreneur with no W-2 employees and um, you don't have uh, a W-2 employee other than you or a spouse, and you've got some kind of side hustle, some kind of entrepreneur activity going on, uh, the one takeaway from this, this podcast here would be a solo 401k. I, I'd write that down. I'd remember that if I were you. Solo 401k, IRS retirement plan that's just for you if what i described fits the bill and uh, this retirement account gives you a lot of control with your money again you can invest it in your own business you can invest it into precious metals crypto real estate private businesses again you get the front of the menu and you get to flip it over and you get this whole other menu that no one talked to you about before hmm. wow. that's called a solo 401k excellent uh, and that's a that's an inspirational story. Um, so describe your typical client. Like, oh, between uh, like thirty and sixty years old that comes from corporate that maybe had a four hundred one k from an old job or an IRA, and the idea of accessing that money penalty and tax free gets the light bulb moment going. They're like, wait, what? I didn't know I could access my money penalty and tax free. Like, is that even legitimate? Um, you know, so, so someone that, that fits, um, you know, that type of category and, and there's a need for them to want to use that money in, in a different way. Maybe they're not a big fan of the stock market and the idea of using that money to invest in their business or pay off credit card debt. I can't tell you, Eric and Ted, how many people we talked to that paying 20% interest on credit card debt to discover and then the retirement account is making them 6% a year. Mm-hmm. If you're paying 20% to the banks, and making 6%, you're losing money faster than you're making money. So if you could access some of that money that's making you 6%, and you can access the penalty and tax-free, and you can use that money to pay off money, debt that's costing you 20%, the, the, the numbers are going to work out better in your favor. So again, it, it just comes down to you know your financial goals. Um, I'm going to be give, give a disclaimer here. I'm, I'm not a financial advisor, so I'm not here to give financial advice. Um, I'm just here to pull back the curtain and provide information that you can Google on your own. Uh, this is all IRS approved information. It's just, again, this type of information is not exposed to some of the reasons I brought up earlier. Um, and that's what I love about our business model. You know, we're not here to sell investments or shove insurance or stocks or real estate down people's throats. We're here to sell solutions and uh, people that come to us, they have different problems and we try to navigate and figure out what kind of solutions we can present. So then, you know, that person can take a step back, assess their situation and, and make a, an educated decision where they can be in control, right? They can be captain of their own ship and not just rely on Wall Street. So how did you like educate yourself? Uh, on this, because this, I mean, this is a unique business model 
um, focusing specifically on using your 401k? Is, like, how did you acquire this knowledge? I've been in the game for a number of years, right? Uh, you know, I got first exposed to self-directed retirement accounts when I was 21, 22. So that concept was introduced to me. You know, I'm 32 years old now, about 10 years ago. Um, and then seven years now, um, I, I've been in, in the trenches, you know, actually either working for a company or owning my own business where, you know, we're immersed in this, right? Um, you know, we, we have attorneys, um, you know, we have uh, a great team out of, out of the first few employees I have, high experience. You know, we've got decades of experience in the, you know, self-directed retirement account space. So it's just coming together and, and providing, you know, again, everything that we're providing isn't proprietary. Um, it's not like, you know, it's not something that you can Google and verify on your own. Uh, so basically, it's just taking the time to take public information, bringing it to surface, and then making it easy for people to understand. So like the book I wrote, Blueprint to Your Best Retirement, um, it, it, this is a shameless plug, but it got bestseller in five categories. And I wrote it, it was simple, like it's like 100 pages. And it, I wanted to dumb it down. Like I didn't want it to be super complicated where you're going to read the book and fall asleep. Or you're going to read the book and be like, damn, I got to read that page again. I didn't understand anything he just said. Uh, I just wanted to use analogies and, uh, you know, phrases to, to make it nice and easy for people to understand because we got, we have a problem in today's society. You know, we're not learning what we need to learn to, in school. You know, my daughter, myself included, they're teaching this stuff in school that we're never going to use in our life. Like, so I can't teach credit score? Why can't they teach, you know, what an LLC is? Why can't they teach mental health sales, right? I mean, we could probably do a podcast on that and just have a rant, but, you know, the, the book I wrote, essentially someone in middle school or high school can read and get a lot of value. And uh, I wanted to make it just super easy to understand and digest uh, for people to get value. Great. Glad you brought that up. The book is titled Blueprint to Your Best Retirement. Um, how can people get that? I know they're, they're listening to you. They're like, man, I need to read that book. Yeah, the, the best place is DanielBlue.me. That's, that's my website. It's got links to the book, uh, links to my course, links to my podcast, uh, links to my articles that, that I wrote on Forbes, uh, links to my company, Quest Education. So, you know, if they want to talk to my team and, and get, you know, a consultation, they can do that. But, you know, DanielBlue.me is a hub. So there's a lot of information for you to absorb and then uh, kind of take it from there, whatever kind of folks go. Great. Great. And then you mentioned the podcast. You're also the host of the How Winners Win podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, yes, I'm looking fun. for a podcast. I want to listen to How Winners Win. I mean, I, I mean, after I go check out the 30-minute right. hour... <laughs> Then I'm definitely going to check out how winners win. That that is yeah, That's a great name. Absolutely, well, I, I appreciate that, and I love your guys' chemistry. And, and I'm biased towards that because I have a co-host. Shout out to my co-host Keith Spears. But isn't a co-host isn't it fun? It's like you're really just like in the garage or at the bar hanging out with your boy, and then you bring a guest on. Or I mean, it's just it's just fun when you have a co-host, right? Yeah. Well, the good the good thing about a co-host though is somebody always got something to say. Yeah. So. Yeah. So if you just freeze up, you better hope your co-host can can just step in with something, yeah. right? So we, that that's where it is. you're not on the island by yourself. Yeah, man. I, shout out to people that actually do a podcast on their own. I have a lot of respect for that. Um, we wanted to bring a different flavor, you know. So I, I can speak about experience 
owning a business and dealing with culture and, and operations and hiring and firing and you know just all the the, the day-to-day business uh, you know challenges that we all face and then uh, Keith House, my co-host has been a high performing employee for, of mine for a number of years he's a stud uh, he has different insights to, to bring and uh, we just wanted to bring ways to help people win in their life personally financially entrepreneurship um, you know, and, and we're big sports nuts. You know, I think there's a lot of parallels between sports and business and just life in general, right? Like we play to win and uh, we deal with losses. So how do you deal with losses? How do you overcome losses? How do you overcome adversity? And how ultimately can you put yourself in a position to win? So that's what we were looking to, to help people with, uh, with with our podcast, How Winners Win. Awesome. And how many episodes do you guys have? Um, we're at, I want to say 33 that we've produced. And uh, this time we, we like to do it in house. We got a studio here, and, and shout out to Roland. Roland's our production manager. So we've got all the cameras, um, and that's a lot of fun. We like to bring our guests in house and, and have a lot of fun there. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun. I'm trying to get like you guys, trying to hit the triple digits. Uh, kudos to you guys for doing that. A lot of people like to start something and don't finish it, right? So, how many podcasts are out there that started but didn't finish? So, I love mm-hmm. the fact that it's five digits. Yeah, thank you very much. Continued success to you as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so we are at the part of the program where we go around the horn. And, and this is where, this is, by the way, Daniel, this is Ted's favorite part of the show. So this are is we where. There? Are, we, are we there already, man? This show just flew by. You must got some. It must be a real good dinner or something tonight. Cause this. It's not even close to eight o'clock yet. We 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 started we started early. No, we started on time. You guys just brought the heat, man. It's time already to to go. It's not time to go. We got to go around the horn. We, we, we I'm going to go life. around the horn. Then all right, I'm gonna have to say something for about fifteen minutes so we can push it to eight. <laughs> so so Daniel, we'll start with you. Like, what what is that that closing thought? that you would like to, to leave people with uh, based on the flow of our show to help them to become unstoppable? I have something relevant that I actually just posted on my Instagram here today. Um, it's basically just talking to things, talking to people that have experienced something that you know I struggle with, being vulnerable. I'm, I'm naturally a people pleaser. Um, mm. so I, I do try to surround myself with certain people in my organization to kind of help protect that. Right. Cause I, I got a soft spot for a lot of people and I just like to, it's easy to say yes to people. Right. And, uh, it, it, and what I said in my post is if you say yes to everything, you're, you're saying no to other things. Right. Like if you're saying yes to certain things, there, there's a, there's a cause and effect, right? There's no zero sum game. So if you're saying yes to something, then you're putting something else on the back burner and time is money. And if you're saying no, yes, but then putting other things on the back burner, like what are you putting on the back burner? And, and you have to protect your time. A lot of times if you're right now, if you're listening to this and you're not seeing results, you're, you're running around in circles, you're, you're feeling burnt out. Ask yourself, how much are you saying yes to everything? Right? Like it's really easy. I'll use an analogy. When I first got into business, it was really easy to want to tell everybody. Like you just want to be able to get revenue coming in. Like everybody's a client, you know? So, and, and eventually you're going to get to the point where you're like, okay, the profit margin's not there or, our staff is having to expend way too many resources. Like it just doesn't make sense. So you can't say yes to everybody. You can't say yes to everything that comes your way. 
that doesn't mean don't, you know, pass up on opportunities and say no, but, you know, just be mindful of what you're saying yes to. And ultimately, you have to be aware of that because, you know, you can be a people pleaser. And I know when I say yes to way too many things, I'm not getting a lot of stuff done because I'm focused on everything. And if I'm focused on everything, everything's a priority. Very little is a priority. I'm not focused on a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's critical. Thank you for, for sharing that. Because as you start to level up, you, know, you start to get more opportunities, right? You start to become more noticeable. People want to ask you to do things. But, but I think the key is what you just said, Daniel, not every opportunity is the right fit. And so I, I think that's a critical, that's a critical thing. I think you get to the place where you're starting out, you're trying to get to this point, and you get to a certain point, the doors start opening for you. But I, I think it's very important that you take Daniel's advice and, and really be careful what you say yes to. I know some of the high performers I've been around, they, like, they make no their default. Hmm. Till they get more information. Yeah, that's that's clutch, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm kind of right in the middle, you know. Like we, I think we all start off with yes as our default, especially when you first get into entrepreneurship. Like right. it, it, everything looks, it looks amazing. Like oh, okay, we can get this, or we can get that, or we can spend money here. Like yes, 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 right? You're just winging it. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to get to the point where no is my default because then I could, you know, just be a better decision maker. I'm, I'm, I'm working my way there, right? And again, you just got to have self accountability, self awareness, just being real and honest. Hmm. No, great advice. Thank you for sharing that. All wow. right, Ted. So I guess, you know, my point today is, uh, is stay in the game, right? Like no matter where you are, just stay in the game. Like you said, Daniel, you were dealing with some adversity, you know, at a at a young age, and you know, you you stayed in the game, right? You know, whether it's personal, whether it's in business, right? If you're if you're an entrepreneur, at some point, right, there's going to be those days that you're going to feel like, oh man, this is the worst thing ever. But I truly believe that you just, you know, you stay in the game. You know, at some point, you know, you talked about. Uh, you know, Daniel, you talk about sports, right? I always tie everything to kind of sports as well. It's either sports or food, right? So it's one of those two. I know people on my team that's so tired of me talking about sports is sports or food, right? But it's like, you know, I just think if you can just stay in the game, right? And then you, you know, you just know at some point you're going to make a play, right? That That's that's all it is. And all it takes is one play. Like you look at sports, right? And you'll watch a game and this team is killing this team. And then, someone will fumble the ball. And at that point, right, the game just changes. Like all of a sudden, like everybody is dropping balls and catching balls, making tackles. Like it just seems like like the game is fixed after that, like once you make a play. And I've seen that in business, right? Like your, your back is up against the wall. Things are not going well. You just keep going, keep going, stay in the game. And at some point, you get that break. And it seems like things change, right? So the thing is, is you know, are you built for that? Like, are you built to be able to wait for, you know, the game to, to, to change? And are you willing to make that play or are you going to, you know, you're going to, you know, you're going to quit. Like once your back is up against the wall, and I just think that any entrepreneur, you know, no matter how successful they are, there was a, there was that time when their back was up against the wall and, you know, and something, you know, triggered the change. It could be a relationship. It could be a key you know, a key win, just something just trigger that win and just, again, just stay, stay in the game. 
Absolutely. In the game, you know, you just you just never know how close you are. Yeah. To that thing. Yeah. G- give yourself a shot to win. Like, don't be having Shaq shooting three pointers. You, know <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have strategy too. You know? That's right. So, That's right. Uh, there's always something you got to work on, but yeah, that's yeah. fundamental. You know, like you said, Ted, you, you got to stay in, give yourself a shot, stay in the game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, sure. And, and my so my around the horn, and I, I, one of the, one of my favorite quotes is this one: it, it, "It's hard to see the picture when you're stuck inside the frame." Mm. So a lot of times, you, 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 let's say you're dealing with a, a debt issue, a financial issue. And you, you just, you just like, this is just hopeless. I don't have a way out. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just always going to be in debt. But it mm-hmm. helped to have someone like Daniel, you know, to point these types of opportunities out. There's all kinds, there's, there's all, no matter what the problem is, there's always a solution. But a lot of times we're too close to that thing. Yeah. Right. And, and that's why it helps to have that outside perspective. You know, somebody with a level of expertise that you may not have. Mm-hmm. That that can help you to to really isolate what the real issue is and come up with solutions that you wouldn't have come up with. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that that's so important, and that there's a reason that you know people that are successful, highly successful, they have coaches, they have mentors, they have people to point these things out, point these opportunities out. Because I'd be willing to bet there's probably five or six things that Daniel has said that people following us are hearing for the first time. Um, as it relates to how you can use your 401k. That is something that, that came to mind, and I certainly applaud you, Daniel, for for bringing that to light. I, I'm sure we've helped quite a few people. So, so Daniel, I know you, you threw your link out earlier. Let's, let's, let's throw it out again. So how can people connect with you to get uh, this wealth of information? Yeah, best place, uh, DanielBlue.me. It's blue, just like the color. Uh, got all my social media handles. So if you're on Instagram, I'm at Daniel Blue two underscores on Facebook. Um, I'm very uh, consistent on both of those platforms and, and trying to add value uh, to people that uh, do read my stuff. Uh, and then it's got uh, links to my book, uh, Blueprint to Your Best Retirement. Uh, it's got links to my course. It's got links to uh, the podcast, How Winners Win. And then if you're listening to this right now and you have a 401k from an old job or an IRA, you're thinking, Wait, what? Because I can access that money penalty and tax free. Um, if that's you, you'll see a link to Quest Education uh, on my website, and that will take you to my company. Uh, and there you can just fill out a, a, a brief form, uh, and then someone from my team will reach out to you and, and see if we're a, a good fit and, and how we might be able to help you. Great, great. And again, I mean, you can you can get his book, uh, Blueprint to Your Best Retirement. You can check out his podcast. How winners win. Man, I'm still, I'm hating on that name. Like, why didn't you come up with how win? We were supposed to have that name, man. How winners win. Like, don't come on there if you're thinking about losing. That's, it's all yeah. about winning on that, on that podcast. Yeah. We, uh, we've had some really good guests on that. We just interviewed, uh, Caleb Maddox. He, uh, made his first million dollars at 16 years old. And uh, he's a stud. He's doing some big things right now. I think he's like 20. Um, so we've been grateful enough to interview some awesome guests. And uh, we want to get to where you guys are and, and crack that triple digit. So we we chasing greatness over here. Wow. Absolutely. Well, congratulations to you on all your success, Daniel. And thank you for sharing what you share today. 
Uh, see, we, we told you this is not your everyday podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Make sure you go back and listen to this. You know, go to Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe. Make sure you listen and check it out. And, and don't forget to share the show. That's what, that's what winners do. They share. Share the show. Share the show. Don't forget to share the show. I mean, when you see Ted lean in like that, I mean, that, that that's telling you something. Yeah. Let's put your, put your ear right there, right? Because I'm about to say something, right? Share right. the show. Right. You're about to say something profound there. Man, so don't forget to share the show. Uh, again, this is Not Your Everyday Podcast. We appreciate you following us and watching us and listening to us. Uh, thank you again to Daniel Blue for being our guest today. That is our time for this evening. Eric, do yes. you want to repeat our sponsor again yes. for the day? Yes, as a, re- a reminder, thanks, Ted, the Bernie L. Bates Foundation. They're our sponsor for the week. You can go to blbinc.org to actually register for that webinar that I mentioned earlier on Tuesday, uh, September the 21st at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. B-L-B-I-N-C dot O-R-G. Bernie L. Bates Foundation. All right. It's been an awesome show, Ted. Awesome, man. It's been awesome. It's been great. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel right. Blue. Daniel Blue, is that your real last name? It, it is, man. It uh, definitely is. I can pull out my driver's license. If I no, to. I believe you, man. That's just a cool last name. Daniel Blue. Come check out what is it? How, how winners win. I mean, just blue, man, blue, you, blueprint to your best retirement. I had to fill in the word blue. Blueprint, man. I like what you're doing there, man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, cool. This concludes this week's episode of the 30 Minute Hour Podcast. Until next time, have a great one.